Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we journey into the depths of personal enlightenment with Eckhart Tolle's groundbreaking work, The Power of Now. A lifesaver for those grappling with the discord of the human mind, this book will guide you towards a path of inner peace as you learn to dwell in the beauty of the present moment. The Power of Now is a manual for self-realization that transcends traditional beliefs. As Tolle, a German-born spiritual guide residing in Canada, passionately shares his transformational insights. Having battled depression for most of his life, Tolle offers us a breakthrough in the form of an inner transformation, proving that even the harshest adversities can be catalysts for profound spiritual awakening. The teachings found in The Power of Now extend an invitation to liberate yourself from the confines of your mind and ego, thereby reducing pain, improving relationships, and fostering a heightened sense of existence. Detachment from the ego, Tolle suggests, allows you to embrace the present, steering you towards the gift of now, a state of being where true peace and satisfaction reside. If you're a seeker yearning for inner peace and spiritual enlightenment, if you're wrestling with discontentment and despair, or feel obstructed by your own thoughts and behaviors, the power of now is your beacon. Let's dive into the wisdom of Eckhart Tolle and uncover the transformative power that resides within this present moment, right here, right now, on 20-Minute Books. The Power of Now, a Guide to Spiritual Enlightenment. Introduction. Dive into the magic of the present moment. Are you a prisoner of your past regrets or a captive of an uncertain future? Is your desire to enhance your life experience and attain enlightenment nothing more than a fuzzy, unfocused aspiration? Let's explore the transformative wisdom offered in The Power of Now penned by acclaimed author and spiritual teacher, Eckhart Tolle. This bestseller is a treasure trove of methods and techniques for journeying through the intricate labyrinth of your internal universe, your interconnectedness with the past, the present, and the future. Tolle's key teaching pivots on cultivating a practice of deep presence, existing wholly in the present moment, as an antidote to the majority of human suffering. It serves as a guide to understanding the intricate bond between the mind and suffering. It sheds light on numerous self-sabotaging patterns wherein we use our minds to ensnare us in cycles of suffering, hindering our pursuit of genuine happiness. The transformative power of this book is not just conceptual. It has a tangible impact, aiding millions in enhancing their life experiences, fostering healthier relationships, and critically, bolstering self-worth and active engagement with their lives. Part 1. Unlock a fulfilling life by immersing yourself in the present. Many of us carry an innate longing for internal tranquility and a deep-seated desire to enrich our lives. We are in the pursuit of enlightenment, yet we're often uncertain about the path leading us there. Interestingly, the initial step towards such profound wisdom may be simpler than you envision. Our lives often oscillate between ruminations of the past and anxieties about the future. We're caught in a constant tug of war, filled with nostalgia, regrets, anticipation and worries, while inadvertently 
neglecting the only instance that is within our grasp, the present moment, right now. The present holds unparalleled importance as life doesn't unfold in the past or future, but transpires in a ceaseless flow of now moments. Every sensation you experience, every emotion you feel, unfolds in the now. Your senses can only inform you about this particular moment. Therefore, when we speak of events in the past, it's a slight misinterpretation. Everything that ever happened occurred in a singular present moment. In essence, our construct of the past is nothing but a trail of once-present moments that have lapsed. Similarly, the future comprises forthcoming present moments that are yet to unfold. Reflecting on this, it becomes apparent that fretting over the future or lingering in the past serves no beneficial purpose. However, embracing and truly living in the now holds manifold advantages. By fully inhabiting the present, you encounter no significant hurdles, merely minor ones that can be dealt with as they surface. Consider the daunting task of penning a scientific paper. It can seem too monumental and intricate. If you're plagued by concerns about the unfinished parts or filled with regret about missed opportunities, progress is stymied. However, by addressing one small challenge after another, collecting the data, devising a structure, crafting the first chapter, the task becomes far more manageable. Embark on a journey of staying in the present. Let go of the past's hold and dispel the future's fear, and you'll witness a tremendous enhancement in the quality of your life. Part 2. Addressing the interplay between pain and your sense of self. Imagine successfully navigating towards living fully in the present, undistracted by past ruminations or future anxieties. Yet how do you handle pain, be it physical or emotional, that emerges in this same now moment? Pain is fundamentally an internal opposition to external circumstances that are beyond your control. It rears its head when dissatisfaction with your current state intersects with a feeling of powerlessness to alter it. This friction manifests as a negative emotional response. The paradox lies in our cognitive pattern. We are wired to mull over the past and future, yet we exist solely in the present, rendering us incapable of changing numerous things that cause discontentment. Consequently, an internal resistance builds against the status quo experienced as pain. This discourse on self-inflicted pain is incomplete without addressing the pain body, an entity within you that thrives on your suffering. The pain body feeds on your painful experiences, growing stronger each time you endure pain. It's almost as if it has a vested interest in your misery and sorrow. This vicious cycle persists until the pain becomes an integral part of your identity. You become so intertwined with your pain body that the idea of parting ways with it threatens your very sense of self. Think about instances where a minor annoyance or frustration triggered anger within you. This is evidence of the pain body asserting its control. The ensuing anger obstructs rational thought and action, ultimately escalating the pain. While it's easy to blame the external world for all the pain we experience, in reality, a significant portion of it is self-manufactured. It originates within. However, this realization also brings hope. Since you're the creator of your pain, you also hold the power to alleviate it. The forthcoming sections will elucidate how to go about it. 
Part 3. Navigating the Maze of Your Mind. Understanding the Ego. Have you ever pondered why some individuals seem to inadvertently orchestrate their own downfall? Or why, despite the universal desire for contentment, a large number of people still wallow in unhappiness? Meet the culprit, the ego. This component of your mind stealthily governs your thoughts and actions, often eluding your conscious awareness. Since the ego operates somewhat covertly, many individuals fail to comprehend its pervasive influence over their lives. Picture a disagreement you've had where, upon reflection, you realize your reaction might have been excessively charged. Yet, in the heat of the moment, you were oblivious to any underlying force steering your thoughts and reactions. But why does the ego act this way? Simply put, the ego thrives on your misery, creating an obstruction to happiness, even if it contradicts your best interests. The existence of such a harmful mental component that breeds unhappiness explains the widespread suffering, despite nobody consciously opting for a joyless life. Instances of people consciously undermining their happiness, like persisting in a damaging, pain-infused relationship, attest to this. The ego nudges you into situations of conflict with others, breeding dissatisfaction with your present circumstances, thus seizing control over your thoughts and actions. Consider the sparks that fly when multiple egos cohabit, be it in intimate offices or familial households. Despite their mutual desire for harmonious coexistence, the ego fuels frustration over petty issues and fuels overreactions. If you find yourself caught in a heated debate over a minor concern, like taking turns cleaning the kitchen or an innocuous disagreement over a TV show's worth, chalk it up to the ego's machinations. The ego is indeed a destructive facet of the human mind. Craving primacy and unfettered by boundaries, it can inflict severe suffering if left unchecked. Part 4. Enrich your life by disconnecting from your mind and tuning into your body. With the ego's insidious influence laying bare, it's evident that detaching yourself from your mind and fostering a deeper connection with your body can be transformative. This idea finds resonance in the teachings of numerous luminaries who advocated the benefits of focusing on the body over the mind. But why? It's the mind that crafts pain. The mind, with its habitual replay of past memories or relentless planning for the future, envelops your life in a haze of regretful recollections and future scenarios bristling with anxiety. In this endeavor, it denies you the joy of fully experiencing the present moment. This leads to an incessant preoccupation with things you cannot alter, either events from the past or uncertainties of the future. Such relentless worry inevitably culminates in pain. Clearly, it's crucial to reduce the mind's dominance and alleviate some of its control. How do we accomplish this? By consciously shifting our attention from the mind to the body. Your body possesses innate wisdom about what's best for you. By attuning to your body, you get a clearer perspective on what truly matters in your life. This philosophy is reflected in Jesus' teachings, encapsulated in metaphors like your body is a temple. Narratives about his resurrection and ascension to heaven consistently underscore the physical absence of his body from the grave, signifying the ascendancy of his body, not just his mind or soul, to heaven. Notably, 
Enlightenment has eluded those who have focused on the mind while disregarding the body. Buddha's six-year stint of rigorous abstinence, including fasting, was aimed at disassociating himself from his body. What were the outcomes? While he felt detached from his body, there was no palpable surge in peace or enlightenment. His moment of enlightenment was attained only after abandoning these extreme practices and re-establishing unity with his body. Part 5. Achieving liberation from pain by observing the mind without judgment. Upon recognizing that your mind, hijacking you from the present and inundating you with pain, is the crux of your struggles, the next step is to detach from it. But how? To extricate yourself from the grip of your mind, you must be fully cognizant of its existence and the sway it holds over you. Otherwise, you remain oblivious to the numerous, minute and subtle ways it infiltrates your thoughts, actions and subsequently your overall happiness. For instance, if you wish to observe your mind, pose the question to yourself, what will my next thought be? Focus intently on this question and you'll discover a lull before the emergence of the next coherent thought. In this act of observation, you manage to puncture the incessant stream of thoughts. By repeating this exercise, you'll start recognizing the degree to which you are entwined in your mind's relentless flow. And in this realization, you find an effective tool to disrupt this flow and progressively disengage from your mind. The second strategy at your disposal is to observe your mind sans judgment. Judging, after all, is an activity instigated by the mind. Thus, if you plunge into judgment, you inadvertently engage your mind again. Imagine you're in the midst of work and an urge to run outdoors surfaces. Heed this bodily impulse. Your body understands its needs. As you give in to the urge and start running, an inner voice grumbles, you should be working right now, not running or wasting time. However, resist the temptation to label this voice as good or bad and refrain from heeding its advice. Simply acknowledge its existence with a smile. This will help you cultivate a habit of noticing your mind without surrendering to its whims and fancies. Part 6. Embrace a state of perpetual vigilance. As you refine your ability to detach from your mind, you can explore another technique. Active waiting. This isn't your regular waiting. This is a heightened state of anticipation where you're mindful of the potential occurrence of a significant or serious event. In such a state, your entire focus hones in on the present moment. When immersed in active waiting, there's no room for the usual mental distractions, be it daydreaming, planning, or reminiscing that veer you away from the present. Consider an exam situation. Instead of fretting over the results, keep yourself anchored to the present and concentrate solely on the task at hand. Inducing a state of active waiting prior to and during the exam can facilitate this. In this state, you also lend attention to your body, keeping it primed for any unfolding event. As discussed earlier, this body-focused approach is pivotal to living fully in the present. Take the example of Zen masters who used to sneak up on their disciples with their eyes closed and attempt to strike them. The enforced waiting conditioned the disciples to focus intensely on their body, enabling them to intuitively sense the approaching master and dodge the mock attack. 
Numerous spiritual mentors have espoused this state of waiting to their disciples, believing that it paves the way for a fulfilling life. When Jesus' disciples queried him on leading a good and peaceful life, he replied, Be like a servant, waiting for the return of the master. Given that the servant is unaware of the master's arrival time, he remains in a state of unbroken alertness. Without any grand plans for the future, his awareness is riveted to his immediate environment, ensuring he doesn't overlook the master's arrival. Part 7. Maintaining presence might test your relationship, but it can ultimately enhance it. By adhering to the aforementioned steps, you've now unlocked the ability to live in the present, extricating yourself from the stronghold of your mind. So, how does this newfound skill impact your everyday life and, more specifically, your relationships? Living fully in the present while in a relationship with someone who doesn't can be extraordinarily challenging. The ego of the person not living in the present thrives on conflict, perceiving the calm and peaceful demeanor of the present focused individual as a threat. This provokes the ego to manufacture additional conflicts, for example, picking fights over trivialities to disrupt the peace, or persistently bringing up past incidents to drag them out of the present. But why is this the case? Consider this analogy for clarity. Just as darkness struggles to coexist with light, it's tough for an individual, still under the ego's control, to remain in close proximity with someone living in the present for an extended period. Stark opposites find it hard to share the same space. Introduce a candle to darkness, and it vanishes. Pour water onto a flame, and it's snuffed out. However, if approached rightly, living in the present can also significantly bolster your relationship. It helps you relinquish the habits of judging, criticizing, or attempting to change your partner, allowing you to appreciate them as an independent individual instead. Moreover, the clarity derived from living in the present can be instrumental in breaking perpetual cycles, such as endless debates that never culminate in a resolution. The inner peace ushered in by presence allows you to genuinely listen to your partner without falling into the trap of judgment. Living in the present could prove testing for your partner and may even challenge the strength of your relationship. However, in the long run, it presents a golden opportunity for positive transformation for both your partner and your relationship. Part 8. Acknowledging Inevitable Pain Presence doesn't entail disregarding sorrow or distress. Being fully anchored in the present doesn't render you immune to feelings of sadness or pain. So, how should you handle them? Should you stifle these feelings, feigning an exterior of contentment? That hardly seems like a viable solution. While the majority of our pain is indeed self-inflicted, not all of it falls into that category. For instance, the pain delivered by those still under the spell of their destructive mind is inescapable. Similarly, the death of a loved one inevitably ushers in pain. Given that you cannot enlighten everyone around you, nor can you put a halt to death, this kind of pain is evidently unavoidable. So, what's the way forward? In the face of a traumatic event causing deep-seated pain, accept it for what it is. Say, for example, you lose a dear one. Naturally, you'll grieve and feel profound sadness. But if you manage to accept this as the immutable fact of life, 
you can circumvent unnecessary suffering. Sadness is a natural human emotion carrying no accompanying guilt or shame. Accepting things as they are means not squandering time wishing for an alternate reality. While being in the present can shield you from much of life's pain, it won't eradicate all of it. However, living in the present isn't synonymous with ignoring or suppressing pain. Rather, it furnishes you with the inner strength to accept these tough and painful life realities. Part 9. Embracing the present doesn't equate to a life of passivity. While inner peace is undoubtedly desirable, it loses its sheen when your external circumstances are dismal. Does accepting the present invariably lead to a passive existence wherein you turn a blind eye to all that ails you, refusing to instigate any change? Not at all. Living in the present is essentially an inward journey of perception and understanding and doesn't require you to adopt a passive exterior demeanor. For instance, if you find yourself stuck in a quagmire, you don't merely console yourself with the thought that you've always yearned to be mired in mud. Rather, you calmly strive to extricate yourself from it, far from endorsing passivity. Embracing the present can furnish you with new tools and novel problem-solving strategies. Living in the present can undeniably replenish your reservoir of grit and resolve as you no longer squander your inner resources on manufacturing problems. In fact, a present-focused existence doesn't acknowledge problems, only standalone situations that can be tackled one at a time. This significantly elevates your effectiveness. Hence, surrendering to the present doesn't signify a commitment to a passive lifestyle or a refusal to strive for improvement. On the contrary, by anchoring yourself in the present and relegating the past and future to their respective places, you gain enhanced clarity into what's awry in any given moment. This, in turn, equips you with the strength to effect positive changes. Final Summary The central idea of this book, banish preoccupation with the past or the future, nurture a habit of living in the present, and strive to disentangle yourself from the labyrinth of overthinking. This approach will alleviate your suffering and elevate the quality of your life. This book's key insights answered, What can I do to enhance my life? By concentrating solely on the present, sidelining the past and future, you can affect a significant upgrade in your life. A segment of your psyche thrives on pain, and it's responsible for generating most of the pain you endure. What's the relationship between the mind and suffering? The ego, a component of your mind, hinders your pursuit of happiness. If you yearn for a more fulfilled life, with minimized pain, distance yourself from your mind and turn your attention to your body. Observing the mind non-judgmentally is the most effective strategy for severing ties with it, thereby liberating yourself from pain. Strive to inhabit a state of enduring mindfulness. How will this influence my life? Embracing the present might pose challenges for your partner, but it can ultimately enhance your relationship. Not all pain can be sidestepped. Surrendering to the present doesn't imply overlooking feelings of sorrow or distress. Embracing the present doesn't signify leading a life of passivity. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge.
If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then, happy reading and happy listening.